bonus episode. My name is Andrew and I'm here at the Scam Convention. Uh, the big scam convention, I've got my table set up. I'm putting out my scam in the hopes that somebody comes by and buys it. Um, surrounded by all the other tables. Of course, on uh, my table, I have a brochure for an app which will fix your mental illness. Sitting to the table, just to the left of mine, uh, tenting his fingers and hoping that somebody comes along uh, to buy one of his bags of genuine Bigfoot hair is Ben. Hey, these aren't moving as fast as I thought they would. No? I've listed off all of their magical properties. And some of those properties are... Oh, sorry, you want... You want uh, well, You're selling them. You're selling no, them. No, no, no. no. I, I, Give us a little sizzle. Oh, okay. Give us a little, give us a little uh, taste. They make you uh, slightly magnetic if you've got them on your person. Uh, this could be handy if, say, um, you wanted to carry around a bunch of paper clips attached to your arm. And boy, do I. <laughs> you, so if you're doing a lot of filing, they could be good. Um, they uh, will, they raise your core body temperature uh, to 41 degrees <laughs> permanently. Uh, it's a... F- uh, ingesting that will do that to you. So that could be good or bad. You know, I'm not a doctor. I'm just a humble Bigfoot hair salesman. Uh, you'll run hot. You'll run real hot. Did I mention the magnets thing? Cause yep. Yeah, it's got that. And um, and and these aren't selling fast? Well, I mean, it's sort of like, you know how uh, uh, saffron, you know, it's kind of the, the price per weight that gets you, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and you don't need a lot of it. Yeah, you're like, know? I'm only buying, you know, 25 grams of Bigfoot hair, uh, but it turns out $1,500 a gram. Huh. And you only need one or two hairs in a in a nice curry rice to completely ruin it. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the colour and flavour of the Bigfoot hair will suffuse into any dish you make, and it will smell yeah. rancid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but still, but well worth it. smelling like a toenail farm. And you know, yeah. I, I I wish I could sell it for cheaper, but uh, it's you know, there's only one Bigfoot, and he can only grow hair so fast. That's true. And on the uh, on the other trestle table, sitting over to the other side of me, um, selling an essential oil that he claims completely eliminates all anxiety. Uh, he's also shaking terribly. <laughs> uh, it is Theo. So my problem is that I'm simply too anxious to take it. <laughs> What if it doesn't work? Oh, you got a you got a bootstrapping problem there. I've really, <laughs> I've really built it up in my own mind to a point where it, it just it can't pay off. What if you microdosed it, you know, and, until you were not anxious enough to take the anti-anxiety me- medicine? I don't know if we can call it a medicine tincture. I'm also uh, selling a little thing I like to call Bitcoin Two. <laughs> I see that the two is like kind of small and um, and offset so that it looks like Bitcoin squared. Yeah, it's a nice little uh, topographic but joke. It, it seems like you've also, here. you've taken the stroke that usually runs through a dollar sign and you've put that through the two as well. Yes. It seems like you've combined... Well, that's to represent money. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, which I believe Bitcoin two is the future of. Correct. Do you think you could maybe expand... On what qualities of Bitcoin 2 make it different to, say, uh, Bitcoin vanilla? Well, absolutely. I mean, first of all, there's no sign that it actually works. Mm-hmm. So you put a transaction in and it's completely secret. It's off the records. Uh, you can't find that transaction anywhere. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, nowhere to be seen. Completely anonymous. Uh, it's almost as if um, you hit the button and nothing happens. Huh. Um, but sorry, and, and I say that, but it will actually debit your account mm. for a <laughs> gigantic amount of money. So kind of kind of hard. That's sort of the fun of it. Uh, but completely anonymous. Uh, you can buy uh, just about anything that you want with it, as long as you don't expect for the other person to get paid. Mm-hmm. And thanks to the so the extreme privacy of, cool. of it. There's no recourse. You know, if they Abs- don't. absolutely no recourse whatsoever. The only thing that I see on my end uh, is your account number, your BSB, your social security number, uh, and anything that I can use to impersonate you in a court of law. And that sounds quite good. So, what are you are you hoping people will invest in Bitcoin to buy Bitcoin to off you? Um, I mean, so I can't say buy. Because that mm-hmm. implies a trade of goods. Yes. Legally, the lawyers have asked me to stick away from the w- word buy. Um, Donate? Is that what you they're can recommending? You can, you can definitely contribute to Bitcoin mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you really just want to fire up your, your VPN, uh, go to uh, piratebay.proxy, <laughs> um, download... S- the DivX version of Spider-Man 2, and in the NFO file, you will find a link uh, to the deep net, and that's really how you get started with Bitcoin too. Well, um, as my mother always told me, you got to spend money to make money. So I will be donating to Bitcoin too today. I try and skip the middleman, generally. I kind of just want to make money. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, really, And that's a little think, business tip from me. Yeah, no, I mean, if you're spending money, you're kind of... You're kind of screwing yourself on the making money part. You're, you're taking, you know, two steps forward to take three steps back, except you're doing it in the reverse order. You're taking three steps back and then two steps forward. You know, I just want to take a step forward. Yeah, and it's just that simple. It's that simple. <laughs> uh, now, I can see over here that uh, apparently the police are arriving, as we all expected at the scam convention, and they're wandering over to have a little chat to um, the healing church that is set up over in the corner. Funny, let's, uh, let's listen in and see if we can see what's going on. And now we're just going to read an article about, <laughs> about the thing. About oh, I was like, oh, he's got some sort of audio component. Uh, oh, let's tee oh. that up. I didn't even put a link in there. That's amazing. No, we're, oh, we're going to start role-playing. No. Yeah, it's, and it's that kind of peerless artifice that really uh, has made us the... the uh, Australia's uh, <laughs> 44th most uh, popular leftist comedy slash Bigfoot enthusiast podcast. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, the people in 43 are working very hard. Yeah, it's I true. mean, that's right. And I wouldn't hold it against them at all. Uh, so apparently, this is from The Guardian, on Wednesday, Australia's drug regulator, the Therapeutic Goods Administration, said that the Australian chapter of the Genesis 2, I believe the 2 is like small and <laughs> at the top of the line through it, the Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing has been fined for selling and promoting a solution containing sodium chloride, a chemical used as a textile bleaching agent and disinfectant. Mm. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Um, the Australian website for the church, MMS Australia, falsely claimed the solution could treat, cure, prevent, and alleviate diseases including COVID-19, HIV, and cancer, the TGA said. See, they've done that wow. really confusing thing that I find 
bizarre where they've claimed that it cures everything. Yeah, you just I would just stick one with the thing. one thing. Start with one thing. Just start with... So, coronavirus is kind of in the zeitgeist at the moment, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, you the, the you guys been hearing anything about this? <laughs> Never heard of it. So, if you're going to pick one, just start there. Don't don't just go to HIV because we, we know that other people have tried really hard and it seems like the someone would have tried bleach by now. On a long enough time scale. On a long enough time yeah, scale. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Yeah, I I don't really get this approach. The it is the cure all for everything. Well, like, I mean, um, you're giving yourself a very broad market if you do. You know, no, that's, that's, true. that's I mean, true. I mean, how many people have any size. problem? Yes, all of them. Yeah. Mm. Whereas if you I have were several, to... <laughs> save <laughs> some problems for the rest of us, pal. I'll we'll take cure, two. We'll cure each of them. Um, <laughs> yeah, because I guess like you know, if you say, "Oh, my bleach cures HIV," only so many people you're going to get. You know, um, if you say it cures coronavirus, maybe you'll get some people who are worried about getting it. But of all the people who actually have it, not actually that many in Australia. So, so I'm just saying, look, I'm no, I'm no marketing genius, right? But I'm envisioning a, a perfect solution to this where you just have different flavors oh. of it oh. that purport to cure different things. But it's all the same thing, like the, like the Duff beer funnels. If but you for, have but for Crohn's, bleach, yes. you have mountain peach flavored, whatever <laughs> this is. Yep. If you have IBS, I don't think they actually do flavors. The bleach makes it kind of difficult for that. <laughs> it's more of a branding than an actual yeah. flavor. The color of the color liquid is completely... different. <laughs> well, you also seem to be describing the whole thing with like um, Nurofen in Australia. Oh, the that's leading right. ibu- yeah. The leading ibuprofen brand scam. in oh. Australia. And they had uh, several different versions of ibuprofen, which would purport to, like, you could buy one that was like, this one takes care of your period pain by zapping it right on the big red dot that we show you on the ad. And this one, (laughs) if you've got a headache, this will take care of your headache extra fast. And you look at all of the boxes and they all just have completely identical ingredients. Yeah, but at Um, different price points. It's It's a cool scam. Yeah, and they did actually get done by, I think, the TGA or whoever. For uh, saying, yeah, I think it was the ACCC, if A-C-C-C, I remember yeah. correctly. For, for, well, isn't the whole issue with these things when you purport to have a particular therapeutic benefit that you can't actually prove is the case? Because in this case, they were basically saying, oh, if it's located in your uterus, uh, this has a little homing beacon for that. It zaps down the yeah, old yeah. spine like line. The, like, like that American um, drug that they had where you applied directly to the forehead for headache pain, except it did nothing. But <laughs> nothing ever happens because it's America and nothing has consequences. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. So apparently, what have we got here? In a statement, the TGA said there was no clinical, scientifically accepted evidence showing the solution could cure or alleviate any disease. The use of the solution, quote, presents serious health risks and can result in nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, and severe hydration, which in some cases can result in hospitalization. Well, let me Hmm. put it to you that, number one, vomiting and diarrhea is getting the cancer slash HIV slash COVID-19 out. Yeah. And And I already had that. Number two... (laughs) If you take the thing and you get to go to hospital, what better place to be treated for your many ailments? It's basically a ticket to hospital, which is where you need to be for your health problems. You know? Well, the ambulances are going to take me if they think there's nothing wrong. 
Well, if the bleach doesn't sort it out, the doctors at the hospital will. <laughs> it's win, win. Win, win. You know? They also alleged that MMS Australia implied a health practitioner had endorsed the product and that the website included a testimonial endorsing the product from someone directly involved with the production, sales, supply, and marketing of it. Uh, they have not removed the product from their website. It's updated the website to say that those seeking miracle cures should pray to the Lord for healing and guidance. But it's not going to get me some bleach. <laughs> I guess mm, you should you should pray that the bleach correctly attacks the cancerous cells. I don't hmm. The website also says that those seeking the bleach solution and other products urgently could add a $5 express shipping voucher to their online shopping basket to jump to the front of the queue. I need that bleach today. I need that bleach yesterday. You know? Bleach pronto. Oh, man, this is so good. So I'm just looking up an article about uh, um, the fucking the Nerofen thing. Uh, I am, in fact, reading an article that I wrote about it and completely forgot every <laughs> single detail of. Uh, first of all, the company that makes uh, Nurofen is called Wreck-It Benkisser. Excuse me? Uh, you want to give me that Wreck-It Benkisser. That is the most, like, um, American Vine star <laughs> name. <laughs> uh, also, this is their statement on it, right? So they, got, uh, they end up having to pay $6 million dollars uh, over this, uh, all thanks to a uh, case brought against them by the ACCC. Uh, their statement said, Nurofen did, uh, did not intend to mislead consumers. However, we recognize that we could have done more to assist our consumers in navigating the Nurofen-specific pain range. That is, to show that each of the products in the range is equally effective for the other pains <laughs> indicated in the Nurofen-specific pain range. Why would you call it? I mean, obviously, because they were trying to mislead people, but how did you think you'd get away from that? Calling it the specific pain range and then saying, oh no, it's not for specific pain. Um, oh. Yeah, so instead, like, uh, let's let's draw this out to its conclusion here. Um, if you were to actually do what they were saying they should have done in that scenario, uh, it would have been saying, hey, here's the special period pain neurofen also effective for... Um, migraines and neck ache and all these other things and you just have to rotate that on each of the pieces of packaging mm-hmm. cool solution to all their problems they should have just made it like a collectible series just be like straight yeah, up like it's the, the same thing <laughs> but yeah yeah uh, oh i got knees this time fantastic <laughs> yeah yeah one of those ones where like you buy it and it's in a sort of opaque plastic um thing and it's like you don't know which one you're gonna get <laughs> that's ideally oh, god what you damn want. it period paid again <laughs> so um oh now this is good this is what you want right now i know what you're thinking can i make a website in which i sell bleach and claim that it will fix your cancer and the answer is yes <laughs> All you got to do is do what these guys did, right? And you put a little bit of copy on the website. And the copy says, Our products, their descriptions and other information posted here are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure or prevent disease. And any apparent reference to same is inadvertent and purely coincidental. <laughs> we accidentally said that this bleach will cure your coronavirus. Whoopsie doopsie. And you know what? That's on you. <laughs> That's on you. 
Uh, we do not believe in miracle cures, but in healthy, wholesome living. That's why we're selling the bleach <laughs> and good nutrition to keep the temple of our souls, our bodies clean and free of harmful chemicals and poisons. <laughs> I'm, I'm having a little trouble. Oh, they also believe in the power of quiet contemplation. So, you know, mm. maybe give that a go. But um, I'm having a little trouble reconciling this with... Uh, we keep our, our, our souls and bodies clean and free of harmful chemicals and poisons by simply bleaching them away. <laughs> if you uh, look at their website, they've made a few uh, changes since the regulators came for them. And like under their products, there is a two-step list of the different things that this shit can do for you. And they have just redacted the entire first one. So the oh. second one is like, it can help with breaking down dietary something, blah, blah, blah. And then the first one they've just got in brackets, we had to remove this for this website to be compliant. Now, I thought you were going to take a different tack then, as in when you uh, go to their website, you'll notice that they've made some changes, which is to say that it immediately uh, redirects to a page offline.php, uh, and the whole website is currently down oh. for me. So... Uh, Oh, wow. Yeah, there you go. So I think uh, perhaps the first uh, first attempt to scrub that information has not been completely satisfactory. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so I like that they've decided to pivot to the greatest explanation for why they could possibly be telling people <laughs> to take fucking sodium... Chlorate? What is it again? No, I don't know. I don't care. Sodium chloride. Uh, which is to try and pass off that they are religious sacraments, that it is part of some sort of religious ritual to consume Ooh, these boy. things. Uh, there's a quote here from uh, the Australian representative ben. of the church. Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, do you it's go so into the Catholic church and question them about the wine or the bread <laughs> that they serve in the Eucharist? No, so why doesn't the world leave us alone? These are our sacraments and we should be free to use it and teach other people to use it. Now, I can think of one important difference here. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I... <laughs> Go on. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering whether you can uh, guess perhaps the, the, the difference between the two that I can see. is Now, again, this is just a guess. Mm -hmm. Is it that the little wafers and the wine... Uh, don't have bleach in them. Ah, yeah, no, it's the bleach thing. No, it's that the bleach thing is the thing that stuck out to me the most as well. Um, I'm also enjoying. So, I, so I just searched MMS, and the second link there is the um, Wikipedia article. I'm enjoying the four articles that it links to in the Google preview, which is chlorine dioxide, rope worms, sodium <laughs> chloride, and Reese Morgan. I never want to know what a rope worm is, <laughs> ever. If anyone tells me, I'm going to be real fucking pissed off. A rope worm. Oh damn! This kid's this kid's cool. Reese Morgan, um, when he was when he was 15, he played a key role in raising awareness of the health risks of MMS. A broad attention to the fact that the product contained bleach, uh, was being illegally marketed as a miracle cure, uh, and won the James Randi Award for grassroots activism. Oh, it's Good that on guy, you, Reece. James Randi, the guy who shows that uh, magic is fake. Yes. Awesome. The the what? spoil sport. Yeah, that guy. The world's wet blanket. 
Oh, yeah, I've just gone oh. and received the uh, Wet Blanket Award. <laughs> you always want to get a wetty, you know? That's a... <laughs> lovely to have one of those on your shelf. It's always damp somehow, whenever you touch it. Yeah. I don't know how they do that. 2018 wet one. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, this is another great quote, this article. This one is from Victoria's Department of Health. This is This is a direct quote. This isn't like drinking bleach. It literally is drinking bleach. <laughs> Beautiful. So what are you getting at there? <laughs> cut to the chase, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It is literally drinking bleach. How did we get here? You know? How did we get to this whole people drinking bleach to prove some kind of point kind of... Kind of business. I feel like we've worked our way up to this. This is like a parallel evolution of uh, coming to bleach as a cure thing, right? This is different different to Trump's whole hydro... Whatever the fuck that shit is. Like, these are people that have independently arrived and looking at the problems that befall human bodies and just saying, bleach, if it can Bit clean the toilet... To sort that out. It can clean you. Why, if I... Well... What I want is for the insides of me to be clean. So, if I were to take something that cleans things, how would I... Aha! (laughs) Eureka! I say, pouring myself a big glass of bleach. What if we were to simply inject the sunshine, you know? Mm. Hmm. (sighs) Very concerning. Um, So, Dr. Ken Harvey... Associate Professor of Public Health from Monash University said that he welcomed the fine, but it was not strong enough as a deterrent given the product has been causing issue for years. Quote, yes, the TGA issued infringement notices, but this is just essentially an invitation to pay the fine or go to court and argue their case, he said. In the meantime, the MMS website is still upselling the products with a few extra disclaimers, and they are now trying to label it as some kind of religious sacrament. What the TGA needs to do is order the website be taken down and a safety warning notice and apology put in its place. While an infringement notice is a good step, it hasn't done anything to stop the website, which is still promoting and selling it. Now, we have here the logo of MMS Australia, a ministry of the Genesis 2 Church of Health and Healing. (laughs) And can you tell me what uh, improvements this has over the Genesis Vanilla Church and Healing? Well, for starters, we've got a big... Two, but like in Roman numerals, you know, because you don't mm-hmm. want to just slap a regular old two on it there. Uh, um, I think that Genesis was maybe two. your big mistake with Bitcoin too. Uh, Roman numerals definitely have more sort of gravitas to them. Hmm. Classier, classier, you know. Uh, it says down the bottom here, Genesis 2 Church Chapter 316. So I see the Steve Austin fans. <laughs> um, <laughs> and that is in uh, and that is in Comic Sans. Mm. <laughs> it is very much in common sense. Sorry, sorry, but, and and I'm not done with the logo yet. This is a fucking. Oh, this either. is the most Dink Smallwood looking <laughs> logo I've ever seen. <laughs> this is the kind of logo that is, if the guy that made Temple OS could actually draw, uh, this would be the logo for him. It does look like either. Maybe the logo of a software company from 1994. Yes. Um, that has just made perhaps a first-person shooter or a civilization knockoff. Mm. Um, but I'm also getting strong, like, um, Gold's Gym kind of vibes from it as well, due to the yellow banner um, and everything. 
Um, so, you know, it's it's not so bad. It's very, very mid-90s vibes. As long as you can ignore the text wrapping around the globe that says, Restoring Health to the World. Church of Health and Healing. Yeah, honestly, if they ditched those elements, that'd be a fucking great logo. Genesis 2. Be like, um, it'd be like a good logo if you took the the stuff about being a church of health and healing. If you took that stuff off, it would maybe be a good, um, good logo for your like vaporwave record label. Mm. You know, that's putting out like Seinfeld remixes. <laughs> so that's good. I'm excited to see where this all goes. You know, I feel like we're having a sort of collective moment, humanity. Where, remember when, like, um, people used to poison themselves en masse, but it was more of a cult kind of thing? It was more of a, we all got together on this island, and we all drank the Kool-Aid together. There's um, definitely a culty element to this, though, if you, um... Because, like, this, this MMS thing's not new, right? And the stuff on YouTube um, has been covered, I think, in depth and to... Uh, tedium elsewhere, but like it's this extremely old dude. I don't have you guys seen the videos, the 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 older MMS videos. I have not. There's no. this guy that's like 900 years old, and he's just he's just having a little sippy cup of bleach, and then <laughs> the comments, of course, were just you know fucking comment <laughs> okay. after comment about like you know how he's persecuted for you know his genius brain that has told everyone to drink bleach etc cetera, etc cetera. like there's a definite there's definitely a cult attribute to this there's a um there's a movie called the sacrament uh which is a found footage horror movie uh long time listeners i'm sure will know that i'm a big uh found footage horror movie buff um and like one of the more unusual things about it is that the the conceit of the movie is basically that a a news crew goes to um, talk to this you know religious community, obviously a cult. Um, the whole thing is based on like the Jonestown massacre, um, except that they're a crew from like Vice. So <laughs> the the first like five or ten minutes of this thing are like filmed in a Vice office. And it's presented as though it is a Vice production and they use the logo and all that sort of stuff. Very weird, very off-putting. Um, but basically, there's the whole part at the end where someone has been unable to prevent the Jonestown Massacre type mass drinking of poison from taking place. And they, they basically play out the whole thing on film of, what would it actually be like if you got several hundred people to drink poison at the same time? And all writhe around dying in a big pile, you know. But uh, but yeah, I feel like it used to be a very a very culty thing, as opposed to like I just saw this on the internet and thought I would order myself up a batch, sit around at home, sipping on my little sippy cup of bleach. Well, the difference is probably largely geographical, right? Like it used to be for information to pass, it was more more local, whereas people now just put this shit on the internet and anybody can see it. And that's a good yeah, thing, I was, apparently. I was talking to someone about this the other day. Um, you know, you, like obviously, it's very, it's very passe to say at this point. But when we had those, like, you know, videos of like Bill Gates and David Bowie and like the '90s and stuff, saying, "Oh, the internet's going to completely change society. It's going to completely change how people communicate, and it's massive flow of information." And yes, it did. But also, 
it has facilitated the massive flow of the same information to the same people. And like this is really borne out in on things like Instagram, where you can look at Instagram and see like just multi-level marketing scams still just absolutely running wild. Um, we were talking about this thing the other day of like uh, of like influencers on Instagram giving away cash, and the whole thing with Ooh, them I is like I didn't hear about this. <laughs> can um, I get some cash? <laughs> get a little can, bit it's cash? free money. Free money. All right. So. Free money. <laughs> But but basically, there's still all these things happening out there that are just the equivalent of a chain letter. Chain letters, which have been around forever and people have always kind of laughed at as like, imagine receiving a letter that was like, if you mail me several dollars, I will make you rich, you know? I don't think that's but, what a chain letter is. Whatever. No, what I is a chain letter then? You tell me. You got to mail on some more letters? That's right. Yeah, that's exactly what a chain letter is, yeah. Yeah, but what does the, the chain letter ask you to do besides mailing some more letters? Nothing. Nothing. No, that's it. No, you, no. Just, you just send them out. You, that... mail, you mail more letters than you received. Hmm. Sounds like a pyramid scheme. Are you like just, are you just, pyramid scheme. Is, this, is this your learning about chain letters right now? Chain letters aren't a scam. They're At not a time. kind of scam. No, they're just a specifically more like annoying thing. Yeah, they're like a... <laughs> back when no one, you know, like you could have a sense of wonder about anything, the idea that a letter had travelled quite far was like the most exciting thing that someone could imagine. Yeah, and it had gotten to you because the previous person had sent 10 letters on. And so you're kind of like bloodbound now to mm. send 10 letters on to, to more people. I think uh, I think that both of these things exist. Yeah, but what you're describing is a scam. Did you did you send them? Did you send <clears> them <throat> money? Would you like to hear? Did you give them money? Would you like to hear the Wikipedia synopsis of the concept of a chain letter? No, no, because it chain sounds letter. like it doesn't like agree with what I. No, I think like you're going to try. It, so. mean, we could just yeah, move. We just we're up, thirty given, minutes on the clock. Yeah, no reason to. So we got a. Well, got, the chain a page, letter is a message that of... attempts to convince the recipient to make a number of copies and pass them on to a certain number of recipients. So yeah, far, yeah, and we can stop there. So far, perfect. Perfect, Dad. Tick. Common methods used in chain letters include emotionally manipulative stories, get rich quick pyramid schemes, or a scam, if you will. Wait, so you just paraphrase that to say scam? I threw it in there. Mm, yeah, so no, a scheme's not a scam, so <laughs> I think Theo and I are right, you're wrong. And uh, This isn't Scheme Watch. <laughs> you're absolutely goddamn right. And we will never do Scheme Watch. Never ask us to do Scheme Watch. Anyway, the point is, um, yeah, I think a lot of people with the concept of chain letters were like, <laughs> imagine getting a letter and being like, I, I now have to do something because I received a letter. Um, but no, people are still doing exactly this kind of thing. People are still going, oh, if I follow these 20 people on Instagram, someone will give me $20,000. If I reply to this email with my bank details, all that kind of stuff. It's just uh, the internet has made everything worse. Is that fair? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. It probably helped us get like, sometimes you'll see a nice recipe. Yeah, that's true. Eventually, that's cool. yeah. Well, they didn't used to have recipes, so that's true. <laughs> no, but but I mean, on that note, it feels like we've only just worked out recipes in the last fifteen years or so. Because 
Recipes used to be awful. I was having that exact thought tonight while I was cooking dinner for some reason. People they hadn't worked out how cook. food worked. Very confusing. Especially like Australia because we hadn't worked out, we hadn't gotten to the stage where we'd realised that there is essentially no such thing as Australian culture. So we had mm-hmm. have to, you know. I was going to say this is a very white thing to say. <laughs> this is oh, a no, very... no, absolutely. 100%. 100%. Let's, let's be specific about Australian recipes. Like, I've got some some old recipe books, and they are god awful. They just hadn't hadn't worked it out. Put the sun dried tomatoes on top of the focaccia. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, you notice everyone's back on focaccia now, though. Mm. You know, I'm gonna drive down to Brumby's get me a focaccia. Elna made a focaccia the other Everyone's day. Everyone's really making good. fucking focaccia at the moment, thanks to Bon Appetit and thanks yep. to fucking uh, salt, fat, acid, heat. Everyone's making focaccia. Well, they're fucking good. Not they're good, except, except, hear me out here. Mm. It it was not good in the 90s when it was like suddenly oh. the, the only vehicle for a sandwich. It was like dry as shit as well. Yeah. 90s focaccia was fucking ass. It was horrible. Yeah. I don't think you should be expected to eat focaccia as a main meal. Or you it's just a thing you kind of cut up and put on the side of something. Yeah. Would you like a little bit of focaccia? Oh, sure. Love a little bit of focaccia. Would you Dab like this plate with nothing sauce, but focaccia? You know? No. Is there a hey. kind of a special kind of diabetes you can get from eating too much salt? I think because I feel just... like you could arrive at that. I think it's you called can just get salt up from diabetes. Salt. <laughs> <laughs> Salinity poisoning. Oh, so yeah, the internet has fucked up a lot of stuff, and hey, so is coronavirus, which you can cure by drinking a a tincture of bleach. Or by eating a lot of focaccia. Yes. That um, is my new scam. <laughs> but those two things have given us some other stuff. Like, for example, um, Robert Pattinson photographing himself in isolation for a profile in GQ. Uh, which made a lot of people uh, go, he looks like shit. <laughs> he looks like shit. His hair is silly. It's like, have you ever seen... <laughs> yeah, have you... <laughs> I I absolutely saw somebody uh, saying like, "Hey, he is one thousand percent taking the piss out of the concept of like the GQ photo shoot, and everybody's going for it." And that may well be true because uh, Robert Pattinson, as a as a person and an actor and all that sort of stuff, clearly is not taking himself very seriously. Uh, clearly, is not taking many things that he's involved with very seriously. I was reminded by all of this Robert Pattinson buzz of um, like you can find videos on YouTube where people have compiled all of his all these moments from press junkets from when he was in all the Twilight movies. Well, when he just endlessly kept saying how much the movies suck and how he hates being famous. Yeah, and um, and this is this is not like you know ten years after Twilight he was like you know what. I actually didn't really enjoy it. This is when he's meant to be promoting the movie that's about to come out. And he's like, these books are dog shit. Yeah, that's a man who's realized that he has all of the leverage yeah, in the well, world. Like, just, just um, yeah, watching all of those interviews where he's just like, why, why is a 108-year-old guy trying to fuck a 16-year-old? What's going on in this movie? <laughs> you know? Um, so I think he's always had uh, that strain of... I, I don't really, I don't care if I get fired from Twilight, you know, which is fine. Um, so he did a profile in GQ. 
and he did his own photography, which is very good. Ben, what kind of lens do you think they sent to him to do those photos? I was sort of trying to figure this out for myself. Like, if you were going to make a celeb who... uh, My assumption is that no celeb can do anything, which I think probably Mm -hmm. bears out in real life. Uh, How you you would do it in a way... Because, like, some of the photos in there, very thin plane of focus... They've managed to get his eyes in focus, which is like the thing you want to do when you're doing portrait photography. Uh, but I also just assume that they maybe like just told him to hold the shutter button down and just motor drive the fuck out of it so that they could just choose whichever good ones turned out. I don't know. I was very curious about that process. But I also didn't read the whole article and maybe they spoke about that. I don't know. I don't know if they did either because there was one part of the article that was of particular interest to everybody. And that was uh, Robert Pattinson talking about his idea, had an idea for a product that he wants to make. Uh, so I'll just, I'll hear you with it here from this profile on GQ. Um, last year, he says he had a business idea. What if he said to himself, quote, pasta really had the same kind of fast food credentials as burgers and pizzas. I was trying to figure out how to capitalize in this area of the market. And I was trying to think, how do you make a pasta which you can hold in your hand. The thing that we all, that we've all been begging for. My hand pasta. Um, He says he went so far as to design a prototype that involved the use of a panini press, and then he says he went even further, setting up a meeting with Los Angeles restaurant royalty, Lili Massimini, the co-founder of Sugarfish and proprietor of the Santa Monica pasta restaurant, Uovo. I told him my business plan, Patterson recalls, and his facial expression didn't even change afterwards, (laughs) let alone acknowledge what my plan was. There was absolutely no sign of anything from him, literally. So it kind of put me off a little bit. Massimini says, it's 100% true, everything he told you. (laughs) I love the idea of telling like a restaurant guru your idea and them just... Them just giving you, like, Nathan for you face <laughs> for for the entire thing. This is an absolute Nathan for you, like, concept, though, as well. Yep, until you just eventually leave, you know? <laughs> oh, goddamn. Uh, nevertheless, Pattinson said he conceived of a brand name for his product, a soft little moniker that kind of summed up what he thought his pasta creation looked like. Piccolini Cuscino, Little Pillow. He thought he'd give the product another go with me now. Maybe if I say it in GQ, maybe like a partner will just come along. So now he takes hold of the bag he's bought from the grocery store, out of which he produces the following. One giant filthy dust-covered box of cornflakes. Uh, I went to the shops and they didn't sell breadcrumbs. So I'm like, oh, fuck it. I'm getting cornflakes. That's basically the same shit. <laughs> One incredibly large novelty lighter. I always like the idea of doing a little flambe, like the brand name, with the kind of burnt ends at the top. This <laughs> 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 is working for you, Theo. Nine packs of pre-sliced cheese. Sauce, like a tomato sauce? Quote, just any sauce. <laughs> He puts on latex gloves. He pulls out some sugar and aluminium foil and makes a bed, a kind of hollowed out sphere with the foil. He holds up a box of penne pasta that he had in the house. All right, Pattinson says. Obviously, first things first, you gotta microwave the pasta. What a fucking freak. (laughs) (laughs) I... So, all right. 
He pours the dry penne into a cereal bowl, covers it with water, and places it in the microwave for eight minutes. Eight minutes. <laughs> uh, he says using penne is already new territory for him. He usually uses, well, quote, do you know the pasta that's like a little, it's a little blob, sort of a squiggly blob? <laughs> do we want to guess? Do we want to hazard a guess at what he's referring to here? A little a sort of squiggly blob. Well, he gives one more clue in the next. He does. And then we'll see. Uh... He says like the hair bun on a girl, but also that it's not gnocchi. I think he's talking about, uh, what's the one where it's like a little pinched bow? Tortellini. No. No, it's not a stuffed one. Not a stuffed one. It's a, a, yeah, little... Like the bow tie. Bow tie Little bow tie ones. What are the bow tie ones? Bow tie. Uh, Farfale. Those ones. I think he's speaking about that. Um, Either that or maybe he's talking about um, like a little orochetti. You know, if he's talking about a bun, because that's round. How you spell that? Um, oh, there we go. Let's have a look. What I think I know the one you're talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... That so could well a good be pasta. It. A little rolled thumb. Underappreciated. Now, I will say that I have made attempts in my life to try and do things like, um, you know, cook ramen or pasta or whatever in the microwave, and it fucking sucks. Anything that involves you having to put something in water in the microwave for like over three minutes means that that water is just boiling and blasting over the side of the bowl. Yeah. It's a, it's an okay way to steam dumplings if you've got like three minutes to do it in. Yeah, I guess. Um, but generally speaking, like, I don't want to be cooking pasta, rice, any of these things in the microwave. This is no bueno to me. Um, so he sticks penne and water in the microwave eight minutes. In the meantime, he takes the foil and begins dumping sugar on top of it. I found after a lot of experimentation that you really need to congeal everything in an enormous amount of sugar and cheese. So after the sugar, he opens his first package of cheese and begins layering slice after slice onto the sugar foil. Then more sugar. It really needs a sugar crust, he says. Then he realizes he's forgotten the outer layer, which is supposed to be breadcrumbs, but today will be crushed up cornflakes. And so he lifts the pile of cheese and sugar and crumbles some cornflakes onto the aluminium foil before placing the sugar cheese back on top of it. Then he adds sauce, which is red. The microwave dings and Pattinson promptly burns himself (laughs) on the bowl of pasta. (laughs) He sighs heavily, looking at it. No idea if it's cooked or not. He dumps the pasta in anyway. At this point, his spirits have visibly begun to flag. (laughs) I mean, there's absolutely no chance this is going to work. Absolutely none, he says. The little pillow now mostly built, he pours more sugar on top of it and then produces the top half of a bun, which he hollows out, places on top of the rest of whatever the hell this thing is, and begins burning the top of the bun with the giant novelty lighter. I'm going to do the initials. You look like you're cooking meth, I say, because he does. (laughs) At this point, he accidentally ignites one of his latex gloves, which promptly (laughs) melts onto his palm. He yells in pain and then gingerly holds up the finished product. Some approximation of a P followed by a C for Piccolini Cuscino burned into the top of a hamburger bun. This is a performance art piece. This cannot be anything but Robert Pattinson fucking with me specifically. (laughs) (laughs) Well, have you ever heard the clown car story? No. 
that Robert Pattinson was doing an interview on a TV show. Um, and he said, like, he got asked about something, maybe the circus. And he said, oh, no, I hate the circus. Ever since I was a child, when I saw a clown die at the circus. <laughs> <laughs> and the person said, oh, my God, what happened? And he said, yeah, um, it's a horrible, cla- horrible crash. His little <laughs> car was on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and he said that he saw a clown die at the circus in a little clown car crash in all seriousness on this show and he got asked about it years later and he was like oh yeah I don't know why I said that <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I just love the idea of being famous and not taking any of those like any of those sorts of things like going and doing a talk show seriously yeah, like, you know Harrison Ford looks like he's just high as shit. Everything he does, because he is. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but also, of course, why? It's definitely you? the way you want to be. My goodness. Um, he starts wrapping the whole thing up in more aluminium foil, then compacts it, and then wraps it some more and squeezes it again. Suddenly, he stops. Can you actually put foil in an oven? I say, yes, you can, but what you absolutely cannot do is put foil in a microwave. And he says, cool, cool. Then he goes looking for his oven, which he's never used. And this is a nice house, so there are multiple options. And the one he settles on looks like a microwave to me. He assures (laughs) me it is not. I reckon probably 10 minutes. He puts the aluminium sphere, the little pillow, into what he thinks is an oven and I think is a microwave. He attempts to turn it on. Uh, He fumbles at the buttons. Oh, oh, he says excitedly, a thousand watts. There you go. (laughs) Proudly, he is walking back towards the counter that his phone is on when behind him, a lightning bolt erupts from the oven slash microwave and Pattinson ducks like someone outside has opened fire. He's giggling and crouching as the oven throws off stray flickers of light and sound. The fucking electricity. My God, he says, still on the floor. And then with a loud final bang, the oven slash microwave goes dark. In the silence, Pattinson and I both stare at the mysterious piece of machinery built into the wall behind him. Yeah, I think I have to leave that alone, he says, <laughs> sighing again. But that is a Piccolini Cuscino. You know when you go to put something in your microwave? Uh, no, sorry. You go to put something in your oven and you set it to a thousand watts? Oh, yeah. Yes. Ten yeah. minutes on a thousand yeah. watts. Thank you, oven. <laughs> Either That's good stuff. He's doing a really committed bit, which involves breaking a microwave. Uh, or he is completely fucking insane now. I think both, both are very are funny. Fine. Mm, yeah. Celebs, you know, they're not used to dealing with this sort of crisis. They're just like us. That's so true. It's just like me constantly exploding my microwave. Yep. It's for shits and giggles, you know? Ben... Would you like to give us a failed state update? I would love to give you a failed state update. And we'll just play the failed state theme right here. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I didn't even know you had the soundboard plugged in. It's always plugged in. (sighs) All right. This is a story uh, from uh, arguably our favorite publication, the Orlando Sentinel. (laughs) It's right up there. (laughs) <laughs> it's in the top five for sure. Uh, a 73-year-old man was waiting in line at the deli counter of an Orlando Publix store on Saturday when he noticed the man next in line was glaring at him. Sir, what can I do for you? The shopper asked the staring man, according to a police report. 
Do we know each other? That's when the other man stepped back, drew a handgun, and aimed it at the shopper's face. You don't want to fuck with me, the gun-wielding man said, according to the shopper's account. Somewhat the shopper, accurately. <laughs> the shopper backed up with his hands raised. Then the gunman slipped the weapon under his shirt before walking away. Uh, the incident prompted a commotion at the Kirkman Road store with customers and employees fleeing as word spread of a man with a gun, police said. No one was hurt, but investigators are seeking the public's help to identify the man who was wearing a mask and gloves. The incident happened just before 6pm at 4606 South Kirkman Road. Multiple callers told, told 911 operators there was a man with a gun inside the store. Uh, public's employees described the victim as a regular at the store and said the gunman seemed furious. Surveillance video matched the victim's account and showed the gunman had his finger on the trigger during the entire encounter. Uh, The man was wearing a white baseball hat with sunglasses on it, a blue surgical mask, a dark blue short sleeve shirt with feeler on it, blue jeans, blue (laughs) surgical gloves, and dark grey shoes with black laces. While he has not been apprehended, confusion inside the store prompted the police to track down another man they they determined wasn't involved. Amid the commotion, a public's employee saw a similar-looking man to the gunman walking with his hand rested on a gun in his waistband, the report said. <laughs> the employee recounted the, that observation uh, to the police and gave a description of that man's vehicle. An Orange County Sheriff's Office helicopter found the vehicle at an extended stay hotel on Major Boulevard where officers confronted him. They later determined, using the surveillance video, that he was not involved. The man was legally carrying a concealed weapon inside the store when the scare at Publix happened, according to Orlando Police. What a fucking nightmare land. What a fucked up country. Well, this is just a gun I like to tickle. <laughs> my, my finger gets awful itchy. Resting my, my, grocery my hand store gun. on my murder weapon, walking around, just while coincidentally someone else makes a bad name for guys carrying guns at the grocery store. Just like browsing the, the toys section, whistling casually, <laughs> occasionally pulling out the gun, like <laughs> flicking open the barrel. Uh, Making sure a round is chambered, checking that the safety is off, just (laughs) cheesing the trigger a little bit just to test that it still moves. Asking passers-by whether they can see a a bullet down the barrel. (laughs) Look down here for a second. (laughs) Does this look well rifled to you? Does this look loaded? (laughs) I I saw a couple of other uh, outlets that covered this said that uh, the guy specifically had a complaint that the service was slow but I could not get that substantiated at all. Uh, well, I, I, that explains it. <laughs> I think it's worthwhile, like, maybe maybe a little context for Americans as to how ridiculous this concept is. I, I have never seen a gun in public that is not, like, being held by a service person or, like, it's the Anzac Day parade or... Anything like that, like, right? Like I remember just, being like a kid and when the security guys would come into Woolies that would like get the tens of thousands of dollars of cash out and take it to the bank trucks or whatever. You would just want was, to reach for the gun? Yeah. Well, it's very well, tempting. But it was weird to even seeing those guys have guns. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're like, oh, that's a that's a thing that can just straight up murder me. Mm. It's it's a weird thing to like I think as an Australian I still, like, my eyes are still drawn to guns when they're, you know, on police officers or, or whatever because it is it is still, like, so strange to just be near them. And it's just not part of our lives at all. Nope. And that's nice. I, yeah, I'm sure it's a thing that we've spoken about at length before, but 
I I just cannot even begin to comprehend the psychic pressure of knowing yeah. that any person that you talk yeah. to, like particularly if you're in a state like Florida or whatever, like places that are just ape shit about like um yeah. And if I like knock, open the, carry, knock on the door wrong, open carry and concealed carry, and I I still remember like um reading about them changing the law in Florida so that you know obviously they had done the they have like the castle doctrine stuff so if somebody breaks in your house you're allowed to immediately murder them um, but then they also have the stand your ground laws so that. You don't act to, don't have to actually be in your house. Um, you no longer have any obligation to try and like run away from somebody who's threatening you. You can just immediately kill them. Um, and then they've got their like open carry laws and their concealed carry laws, and they passed a law so that your workplace can't stop you from carrying a gun at work. Awesome. So it used, it used to be like you could open carry a gun, but if your workplace had a policy that was like. We'd probably rather you didn't walk around with a holstered Glock on your hip, um, you know, so that you could, like, check that the servers are okay. Um, but instead, it's like, no, no, we have to pass a specific thing so that your employer can't say, you kind of have to leave the gun in the car, Gary. Very cool. Mm. That's, mm, very I, cool. Uh, that's a nightmare. I like that the so this is the the tweet from Orlando Police, which, if you read it the way I do in my head, is very very funny to me. Who is he? Uh, I think they mean more. <laughs> who is he? Uh, we're hoping new surveillance video will help us identify a man who pulled out a gun in public the day before Mother's Day. He appeared to go from shopping for flowers, balloons, and steaks to scaring a lot of people. Flowers, balloons, steaks, the fear of death. <laughs> The classic uh, Mother's Day trifecta of flowers, balloons, and steaks. That's just, that's not what anyone needs. Any of that. No. That gets the big Punta Vista no thank you from me. Yeah, the, uh, the crime pass for this week is if someone pulls a gun on you at the supermarket, uh, you can do all the like weird, cool martial arts moves from the film Upgrade. And just fucking destroy the guy. Hmm. Shall we read a letter before we get out of here? Oh, why not? Please. What do you, what do you think? What do you think? <laughs> Which, uh, will you pick one, Ben? Which of these would you like to read to us, the listeners? Because me and Theo are also technically still listening. Uh, technically? That's <laughs> not like active listening. <laughs> no, certainly not. Uh, now, Theo's, you know Theo's always clicking around. Oh, we love to click. All right, I'm going to read this one. Uh, largely because it's addressed to me specifically. Uh, hello, Buddha Vista. Hello to you. Long-time listener of the show, one-time tourist to Australia. I wanted to write in after hearing Ben's great experience of watching Blue Planet while on LSD. Again, thoroughly recommend that to everyone. Uh, ben said the two best decisions in his life were dropping acid and watching two episodes of the Blue Planet. However, I'd like to caution listeners about Ben's advice as I have a similar story, which was not such a great experience. The first time I took LSD, it was with my husband, no-time listener of the show. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, we also thought watching a Blue Planet or Planet Earth installment while it kicked in would be a good idea. However, the only show by the BBC Natural History Unit, the team that makes Blue Planet and Planet Earth available on Netflix, uh, was their limited series that focused on different regions of the continent of Africa and its wildlife. 
The episodes are titled accordingly, Savannah, Kalahari, The Cape, etc. We got in a few episodes into the series before dropping acid and we thought we'd dip back in for our trip. However, that day, the next episode up in the series was the Sahara episode. We were excited. A big fuck-off desert. This was going to be great. Reader, it was not. <laughs> As the acid started to kick in, Sir Attenborough described the massive standstills that can happen at any moment in the Sahara. Quote, sometimes a thousand kilometers across, as the aerial footage expanded to reveal what was indeed a terrifying sandstorm that was far, far too large. After that, we learned about the fabled singing sands of the Sahara, which is when the colossal dunes shift and their mass reverberates across the landscape. Have you ever thought about how much sand there is? Don't. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this being the first time I'd taken acid, I was determined to journal the experience. I opened my journal and tried to document what I was seeing. After about 10 mm -hmm. minutes of thinking about all that said, my husband asked me what I'd put in my journal. Well, I've written the word very, I replied, and I think I'll have to stop. <laughs> A uh, noble effort. Mercifully, the footage of too much sand ended, and we were going to meet some of the fauna of the Sahara. Sir Attenborough introduced us to the subterranean naked mole rat. They are the longest living rodent, and they live in ant-like colonies beneath the singing sands. The footage of their colonies are extremely upsetting. <laughs> Imagine 30 sentient testicles with tiny beaver teeth at one end in a dark sand pit. That's what those little horrors look like. Like ants or termites. Naked mole rat societies have one dominant female who also acts as the brood queen. After achieving dominance, the spine of the brood queen elongates, oh, which signals she is ready for mating. The film crew was kind enough to show us, the Tripping Balls viewers, a pregnant brood queen in all of her Lovecraftian glory. Uh, at this point, my husband said he was too distressed to continue the episode. I enthusiastically <laughs> agreed. We turned off Africa and began watching music videos by French band Air uh, until moving Ooh, on to our... Uh, moving on to pet our dog Bo for several hours before going for a long walk to awake to watch the sunset. We were thankful that unlike the naked mole rat, Bo is covered in fur and lives with us in a house instead of in a twisting mass of pale flesh beneath the nightmare desert. Uh, I agree that the combination of psychedelics and the work of the BBC Natural History Unit can be a great way to appreciate the majesty of the natural world, but please, please aim yourself at some less alarming and ghastly environments of it if you choose to do so. All the best tripping in canada uh p.s as a sign off i'll mention that about a month before my one and only trip to australia i took lsd again this time i went alone to our small town's local cinema to watch thor ragnarok in 3d i thought the antipodian influence of the film would get me hyped for the trip it started to kick in during the trailers when the movie started though something was wrong with the picture it was blurred and shifted in a way i couldn't even describe uh i couldn't describe it even though i was wearing my 3d glasses for a brief moment, I thought that LSD had given me the power of immunity to the effect of 3D images, uh, but then loud complaints rose in the theatre, and someone dropped over the projector and corrected the picture. Uh, someone in the booth had forgotten to turn on the 3D lens. Notice to projectionist everywhere, please pay attention to your equipment. Some of us in the audience are on drugs. That's fair. It's always, um, it's always kind of a gamble with various types of substances as to what is actually going to be a good time for you. Oh, man. When you, you're... Things, I feel like you want to know thought... ahead of time, though. Yeah, but you can't know. You can't know until you're I, there. I feel, I feel like the at the point when the brew queen's spine <laughs> elongates, so that one, 
I just put that in the uh, in the no pile. The no thank you pile. Move on. Um, if it, also, if anyone knows uh, what movie I briefly saw while I was on acid and involved <laughs> the Beatles going up and down a spiral staircase for what felt like about four hours, please write in because I, I don't know what that was. It's probably a movie with the Beatles in it. It might not be. I'm just going to put that out there. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I mentioned this when I was talking about it on the last episode, but I did have one part watching the Coral Reefs episode where things got really dark. Where at this point I had it on mute. I was listening to Boards of Canada. It was very, very nice. But it was clearly at the end of every episode, he brings it back to climate change, which, you know, is great. But also, uh, it just showed a bunch of really anemic dolphins playing with a bit of dead coral and just like over masses of bleached dead coral. Uh, and it was one of the most sinister things I've ever seen in my life. I spent a, a good like three minutes just being like, oh, these dolphins are evil. And uh, they are out to get me. That was uh, very intense. rest of it, though, lovely. Do acid, it's great. Hey, Theo. Uh, According to this uh, scan of a book called The Beatles Encyclopedia, Everything Fab 4, Volume 2, (laughs) page 1053. Oh, my God. From the the book on Google Books. During the made-for-television magical mystery tour film, Your Mother Should Know, uh, provides the music for the movie's grand finale in which the Beatles, wearing white tuxedos, descend into the awaiting throng from an elongated spiral staircase. Fuck. Does that sound... Your Mother Should Know. Okay, all right. Uh, In 1989, Weird Al Yankovic filmed a parody sequence of the Beatles' spiral staircase grand finale scene as a segment in his music video for UHF. That's a good movie, UHF. Ah, it is. Well, we have a look. No, I don't think this was it. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Must well, have been a different one. That's it for us, everybody. Thanks for stopping by as we try to help each other and just get brutally shot down. Best. What have been the Goonies? <laughs> Goonies? You mistook the Goonies for the Beatles, or you think the Beatles were in an episode of the Goonies? Um, I mean, are you thinking Razor of the goodies? Oh, sorry, I'm thinking the goodies. Of the, goodies. the goodies. Yeah, yeah. We'll work that out. <laughs> we might, we might not. Well, until next week, thank you very much for stopping by. And um, please purchase one of our fine, fine scams. Come on. Come you want to be magnetic? You want to be magnetic? You want all your metal filings to stick to you? <laughs> you want to cure your anxiety? All from of this... your metal filings? Like you're just <laughs> accumulating a lot of those in your day to day life? My many metal filings. <laughs> That's it, folks. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.